to take a page from the youth of this country tonight and call BS on the same old playbook. Pritzker is Mike Madigan's hand-picked candidate. And if he is elected, he will give total control of our state over to the machine. The old Democratic machine is just about done. He's one of the last ones, Joe Burials. Well, the votes have been cast and the results are in, the chosen candidates from each party have wasted little time and are already campaigning for November's general election. WBEZ's politics team has digested their newsroom pizza and slept at least a few more hours. We're here today to break down what just happened and what it means for you. I'm Becky Vivi. Joining me this week are all the members of our team, Tony Arnold, Dave McKinney, and Claudia Morrell. Hi, guys. Hey. So let's start off with our current governor, Republican Bruce Rauner. He barely eked out a win over his challenger, Republican State Representative Jeannie Ives. Dave, what do the results of this race mean for Rauner come November? Well, the worrisome thing for him is he's coming out of the primary with absolutely no momentum. He has a severely fractured party, and his uh, primary challenger, Jeannie Ives, has, is offering no real help to reunite it. She says she'll vote for him, but she won't endorse him or campaign with him, and they haven't even talked since the election. Uh, she got 342,000 votes, and many of those supporters are not with Rauner. I mean, they're they're still very angry that he supported an expansion of public funding for abortions. My sense is she really swept the suburbs, too. So how will Rauner do at winning over suburban voters? Well, you're right. I mean, he, he got his clock cleaned in the suburbs, and that's problematic because— for Republicans to win statewide in Illinois, they have to win not only downstate, but they have to win the suburbs. And she won every county in the, in the collars except for Lake County. And then the other part of this is that this 2.8 percentage point victory of his over her, back to this issue of momentum, that's a historically low figure for Illinois governors. And here's political science professor and blogger Eric Ostermeyer with the University of Minnesota's Humphrey School of Public Affairs to kind of put it in perspective. Governor Rauner basically turned in one of the weakest uh, primary performances by a sitting Illinois governor since the first primary in 1908. 1908? More than 100 years. It's, wow. uh, it's pretty bleak. I mean, especially when you consider, too, that Democrats uh, came to the polls in numbers double the Republicans. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're highly motivated Democrats are this year. Yeah. J.B. Pritzker secured the Democratic nomination with quite a sweep. Tony, does that high turnout bode well for him come November? It absolutely does. And, and what was... Uh, interesting to me to see was just how successful Prisker's campaign was in particular the African-American communities in Chicago. He was winning with uh, two-thirds of the electorate, which is extremely high and extremely well for that campaign. Um, and and I, I was looking for that in particular because so many TV ads had been run with Prisker talking about African-Americans as a political opportunity in those uh, tapes that he had recorded with uh, Rod Blagojevich. Mm -hmm. So, but what about voters who maybe don't turn out in primaries but vote in general elections? Does he have an uphill climb there? Potentially, but you're starting to see a little bit of a preview about where he's going with his campaign to reach out to those exact voters, which is the simple message is Rauner failed. And you get a little bit of a taste of that coming from his running mate of, um, on election night in her speech to the supporters there in the room, Juliana Stratton. This will not be easy. Bruce Rauner is a desperate man. And in his desperation, he's going to do everything he can to distract from his unprecedented record of failure. And it's going to be a fight like we've never seen. 
So she's setting up there that this race is going to get really ugly, and really it already has. Yeah, it'll be a long summer and fall. Well, also on Tuesday, members of Chicago's so-called Democratic machine got spanked. Dan Burke, the brother of powerful alderman Ed Burke, lost his seat to someone who wasn't even alive when he first took office. That's 26-year-old high school counselor Aaron Ortiz. And also the current chairman of the Cook County Democratic Party, Joseph Berrios, lost his seat as Cook County assessor to Oak Park businessman Fritz Kagi. Claudia, what is next for Barrios, and what does this mean for the Democratic machine? Well, I wouldn't write an obituary yet for the Democratic machine, but Barrios is definitely vulnerable. And in fact, just this afternoon, Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle announced she wants Barrios' job as head of the county party. And all of the Democratic committee men will be meeting next month to determine whether or not to keep Barrios or to replace him with someone else. And if this past election has showed us anything, it's that there are growing divisions within the Democratic Party, especially when it comes to the local races, like with Cook County Commissioner Jesus Chuy Garcia and the coalition he's been building on the southwest side. And he just handedly won the Democratic nomination this week for Luis Gutierrez's congressional seat. Well, and, and you mentioned Garcia. I mean, he is a common thread here. I mean, not, he, he factored into the Barrios and Burke defeats because he was supporting their opponents. And now he's he's basically setting his sights on the city council. And, and uh, fresh off this big win over Dan Burke, he's even hinting that Alderman Ed Burke might be in his sights. And he, he, he coined a phrase uh, on the morning shift this week where, you know, we may all be witnessing the sunsetting of the Burke dynasty. Those municipal elections, however, are a year from now, but they will start heating up soon. We already have another official challenger to Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel. Former police chief Gary McCarthy released a video on Wednesday night. Let's take a listen. Under this mayor, we're awash in higher taxes, corruption, school closings, and violent crime. We don't have to live like this. Chicago does not have to live like this. Claudia, remind us who Gary McCarthy is. Gary McCarthy is the former Chicago police superintendent who served under Emanuel for his entire first term, but was fired by the mayor in December 2015 after the court required the city release the Laquan McDonald video. His announcement of his candidacy is significant because it's really going to drudge up these issues um, with the Laquan McDonald video and the fact that the police officer who shot McDonald is going to be on trial around the same time that the election gears up. So what's the reaction been so far at City Hall? Aldermen already had their talking points ready, and it seemed that they saw this as a revenge ploy by the former superintendent. I don't get the sense that people want a throwback candidate. I think most people initially think that he's just out for revenge. Vengeance on your former employer. Politics is not his lane, and I think he'll find out quick and fast uh, if he put his name on the ballot. Those are Alderman Amia Pawar, Alderman Pat O'Connor, Alderman Raymond Lopez, and Alderman Walter Burnett. So then if there's a lot of hate coming at him from City Hall, where would McCarthy pick up votes potentially? Well, I asked uh, one alderman, um, Anthony Napolitano, who represents O'Hare, about um, whether or not he could get enough rank-and-file police officers to coalesce around his campaign, uh, especially after the police um, union just endorsed and voted in a Blue Lives Matter, Blue Slate candidate who's very pro-police. 
And there are a lot of cops out here in Chicago that are very angry with Emanuel and how he's handled uh, the police department since Laquan McDonald. And I mean, that's about 12,000 people right there. Plus, the mayor did just increase the police ranks by 1,000 cops. So it should be interesting with the contract under consideration. And that is one that has ended up in the courts every single time it's been negotiated. All right. And last but not least, this election season, of course, was full of crazy ups and downs. Let's uh, go around the table. And I want to hear from each of you your favorite thing you heard this election season. Let's start with uh, Claudia. Go ahead. My favorite clip this election cycle comes from a City Club speech by uh, Alderman Ed Burke. Uh, After uh, me and a few other reporters chased after his wife, Illinois Supreme Court Justice Ann Burke, to ask how Burke has managed to hold on to a seat for so long and if he thinks he's vulnerable going into 2019, given that his ward has changed significantly in terms of demographics now that it is mostly uh, predominantly Hispanic. Because he's learned Spanish and uh, there are a lot of Hispanic aldermen now that can't even speak Spanish, so he keeps up with the times and he listens to his community. Thanks for being what here What changes today. have you seen? So <laughs> there you hear sometimes reporter. Yeah, and then there's Fran after. Reporter, Fran Spielman. Oh, funny. All right, Dave, what was the favorite thing that you heard this this election cycle? Yeah, and I, I think uh, I probably could have dug deeper in, in going back through all the different sound bites that we've accumulated. But, you know, what, what Jeannie Ives said this week to a question I asked her about the fall campaign really kind of sticks with me. Who do you think actually would be the better governor you know, in terms of the day-to-day oversight of the state of Illinois, Rauner or, or Pritzker? Hmm. <laughs> um, well, that's like she didn't actually say anything. Uh, yeah, it's well, it sort of, of it sort said. of made me think of Simon and Garfunkel, you know, <laughs> hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, Tony. Uh, well, I'm not going to sing for this one. Um, but uh, I'm going to go back to September when, uh, as my favorite moment of this primary election, which is when uh, House Speaker Michael Madigan created his own website and Facebook page for the first time ever. And this was extremely noteworthy because he had never had a presence on the internet in up until 2017. So I had to ask his spokesman, Steve Brown, why now? Why did he create a Facebook page now? Well, I, you know, there's been electronic communication going on for quite a while. So <laughs> Electronic what? communication, wow. It's been going on for quite a while. It's well, been so, happening, I would like, say, you know, more than, more than a while. Well, since like Alexander Graham Bell, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, you know, I did my due diligence as a reporter to look up to see what all Speaker Madigan's been posting about on Facebook since he created this uh, page. Oh, anything and, interesting? No, he has one post from September 28th, 2017, and it has not been updated since then. Oh, my gosh. And well. does he share it with uh, Marty Quinn, <laughs> Alderman Marty Quinn? Probably, yeah. Madigan uh, Quinn. I don't think so, but um, it's just it's just for Madigan. But um, the comments on there maybe explain a little bit about why he hasn't been very active on Facebook. I won't read them because a lot of them aren't fit for print. But um, I think you get the idea. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks. I've got one of my own to share with you all. It wasn't from that long ago. And this was from the Board of Elections conversation and and trial, if you will, uh, over a third candidate on the ballot for Cook County Assessor Andrea Rayla, who fought to be on and then off and then on and off. And she had this lawyer who... um, 
liked to give very lengthy defenses of his client. And this is Frank Avila speaking during one of his testimonies in defense of Andrea Arela. We also called him as a witness, and, and the hearing officer would not allow him to be called as a witness. He has a very gravelly voice. If any of you are followers of hip-hop, I'm not sure if you are, he sounded like Tone Loke. Tone Loke. It's, it's pretty rare when you're in a, a boring political insider hearing and you hear someone reference a rapper like Tone Loke. <laughs> Wild thing. Hit it. Dave McKinney and Tony Arnold cover state politics for WBEZ. Claudia Morrell and I cover city politics. That's all for this week and for this primary election season. We'll be taking a break for the next couple of months, but you can follow all of our political coverage at wbez.org politics and on air at 91.5 FM. I'm Becky Vivi, and this is WBEZ. My threads are fresh and I'm looking deaf. Yo, what's up with L.O.C.? The girls are all jocking at the other end of the bar. Having drinks with some no-name chump when they know that I'm a star. So I got to be strolled over to the other side of the cantina. I asked the